Hello, everybody. Welcome to Job Jumpers, the podcast for those who jump from crappy job to crappy job, just like myself, your host, Connor Mack. And actually, I am getting dangerously close to job jumping once more. We're getting to that point. Preparations are being made. And uh, the trigger is going to be pulled very soon. But I will keep you updated. Today's episode, I speak with my new friend Ryan. Uh, He is a very, very cool guy. He's been through a lot. Uh, We talk about being neurodivergent in the workplace. Uh, We talk about sales jobs. We talk about job jumping. But not... Not the way that I job jump. Uh, This kind of job jumping is jumping jobs through the same company, jumping locations, working for the same company. Uh, So that's that's a very interesting idea to me. I it's 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 pretty uh, pretty out of my realm of of uh, of comprehension to to stay at a company and like it so much. Or be so wanted there that that you actually go to different locations. Um, And we also have a good talk about uh, disability in the workplace, and especially with COVID times, um, that that seems to be increasing with with long COVID and everything else going on. Um, So it it was a pretty enlightening chat, in my opinion. Uh, So without further ado, here is my conversation with Ryan. All right. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to Job Jumpers. Um, on tonight's episode, we have my new friend, Ryan, guesting on the show. Um, Ryan, before we get into anything, how are you doing tonight? Um, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, before we get into job stuff, you know, I, I, I think I want to, you know, get into who you are on, on a more personal level. Whenever you meet somebody new, uh, especially, you know, in, in a setting that's, that's kind of unfamiliar to you, um, people will ask you, what do you do? You know, and, and, and when they ask you, what do you do? They, they really mean, like, what do you do for work? Um, which, which is very annoying to me because I feel like we do a lot of things that are, that are not work-related and it's, you know, it shouldn't, shouldn't be the end-all, be-all of a person. So, you know, my, my question for you here is taking work out of the equation, what do you do? Mm. Taking work out of the equation, I am... Uh, I'm a fiance. I'm a father of two. Uh, I'm a pretty avid gamer, you know, movie buff, TV aficionado, you know, that's, that's, that's more just the, that's the, that's what, you know, my family and my loved ones get to see of me. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's great you know I, I i always feel like there's there's so much more that i want to say when when people ask me but you know i know what they really want to hear and that's you know mm-hmm. they they want to be impressed by by what i do for a living and mm-hmm. uh you know a lot of the times that that's that's an unfortunate um answer for them cuz cuz then i tell them and you you know the just just the looks of disappointment on their faces <laughs> is sometimes sometimes hard to see and and you know at best awkward but uh right. um but yeah uh so let's start from there um mm-hmm. You know, now taking that question on on face value, what do you say when people ask you what you do for a living as as somebody who does, you know, jump from job to job a little bit? Um, um, so. um, I, I position it as I'm a I'm a career salesman and entrepreneur. Nice. Yeah, that's that's a really good technique. Um, you know, we, we'll we'll get into your your uh history shortly but but yeah no i think a lot of people could kind of could kind of flip it right um 
because there's a lot of positives to you know people that that don't settle or you know they 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 don't fit into every workplace maybe they have you know specialized skills that that um you know kind of lead them to uh jump from position to position maybe they end up at you know somewhere that that's that's massively successful for them maybe they are successful for for you know for themselves um do you consider yourself a job jumper Mm -hmm. uh no to be honest with you at all that's interesting let's let's see i guess you know we'll we'll start from the beginning i guess um I think I I just like to hear you know your story you know you've told me that that you know you you've been working for uh, you know a decade plus mm-hmm. um, I you know I I kind of want to get into your mind get into your history um, where, where you know where'd you start and and uh, where are you going you know tell tell me your your kind of work work story sure uh, the first we'll say official on the books job that I had because, you know, late nineties, early two thousands under the table work was very prevalent, Mm. especially in the area of the, uh, of the Northeast where I'm from in New Jersey. So my first official, like on the books job where I received an actual paycheck was Acme when I was 16. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That, that's, uh, that's early. So, so you know, you've been working for, for you know from a young age. I mean, I, I, you know, I know people start working at sixteen. That's that's not unheard of. But I'm just kind of a, uh, you know, somebody who who you know was not pushed into the workforce until I was eighteen. Oh no, I started working when I was ten. Like I've I've had I've had jobs since I was ten years old. Damn. I just counted legally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was okay, a very, okay. it was a very early notion in my house that you know that you couldn't be lazy so at least during the summer i had to find some type of job to make money and i did yeah yeah no that's that's you know super interesting i i've never kind of had had that experience but you know a lot of people do they they kind of equate your 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 worth to kind of the, your your productivity a lot of the time so right. uh, you know i think i think a lot of people have have similar experiences um and so you know just starting from that early day you know i i uh i did reach out to to people on twitter um as as part of the the ADHD community myself um mm-hmm. uh, you know i'm not sure uh what you know your relationship to it is but but you know that that definitely makes it a lot harder for me to kind of uh fit into a lot of workplaces and and, and you know so i kind of wanted to get your thoughts especially from working at such a young age how you know sure. if, if you had any challenges um um, I would say that the the first couple of my, you know, under the table jobs, they definitely weren't fun because, you know, you kind of get treated like crap in those jobs because mm-hmm. you're not on the books. But to be honest, the first time when I when I went to work for Acme for Albertsons, I had a great experience, but it was why it was when I was in high school. So then there's a gap when I go to college for two years didn't stick so then i came back home and then the first job that i got when i came back home at 20 was working the seasonal aisle in boscov selling like furniture Mm. patio furniture uh umbrellas outdoor um like accessories and stuff like that and to be honest that's when i fell in love with selling things okay it's when it was like I was making eight fifty an hour plus two to six percent commission, <laughs> and I could sell. So I'm twenty years old. I'm bringing home from this job with the hourly and the commission at least six hundred to a thousand dollars a week. Damn. Right. 
So <laughs> you get a little bit of taste of the money. Yeah. I ended up having problems with my forgetfulness and things uh, with management. And we ended up parting ways, not on good terms. Then I got diagnosed with ADHD. Okay. At like 20. That's when I got my, that's when I got my medical diagnosis. Just lucky enough to, to get that. And then after that, I went to work for Raymore and Flanagan. Now, the interesting part about the job jumper point is of that 15, of that 15 plus years when I've been employed, 10 of them have been with Raymore. Oh, wow. Okay. Right. So <laughs> that's, that's when the story even gets a little bit deeper because, you know, um, sales is, you know, I was lucky enough where I was in a down point in my life and I really found something that I loved that I was good at and that paid me well. Yes. So I had a trifecta and I figured out my, my, now that I know my, my autistic brain, neurodivergent brain figured out this perfect system on how to make money and do it in like an honest and integral way. Yeah. And it give, gave me a lot of fulfillment but the problem is, is just like any type of retail or corporate retails jobs, sales is a high turnover market. So peeping, people come and go on a monthly basis. Absolutely. Yeah. You just, know? Just, yeah. Across the board. <laughs> I mean, you know, especially uh, retail, you know, big box retail places and, mm -hmm. you know, even management, which I can, you know, see being an issue for, you know, for a salesperson. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, and to be honest, the, the turnover is just as bad for the, for the managers too. You know, it's a very fast paced, quick business. And when you're, when you're in burnout now, what now would I at 30 about to turn 33 next week? Um, but now that I know in like my thirties that I realized, Oh no, I just didn't want to quit. I wasn't the mind state I was in was burnout. Yes. You know, I was burnt out of places. So even in Raymore, like I've worked at over 15 different stores for periods of time. Wow. So they sent me everywhere, right? Yeah. Because it's jumping back and forth between clientele, yeah. between businesses, going here, going there, taking on different types of, a project so there's a good part of it that allows my adhd brain to, to to get all the little lights flickering in the right parts of my brain but like i said the problem is then is on the downturn when you're not feeling it anymore or you don't get along with the management you know i as a salesperson who has prided himself on being very good at my job no matter what market i take myself into I don't take anything anymore. So now it probably started in my late twenties. Uh, I told my mom, I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to start leaving companies that don't treat me right. And she was like, well, you'll never find a job. <laughs> and the, the funny part about it is it's the running joke in my family that Ryan can't keep a job, but he can always get a job. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. And I know it's like, I, the reason why I can get a job is because people want my skills. Yeah, I'm very. I have a particular set of skills that for these businesses they pay me very good money to do. Yeah. So you know, it's it's just funny that I still even have a rap of being a job a job humper. I mean, a job hopper. Uh, because, like I said, besides the times I've been with Raymore, I mean, uh, I've been stable through most of that it's when i haven't found the passion or the place that i love or the thing that i do well i i'm only there for maybe four to six months if companies don't shape up if they don't keep their promises if you know anything I, to be honest i just walk out the door yeah yeah i think that's that's a you know an important point to bring up a lot of people don't you know, realize that they have the power to do that. And I mean, certainly people are, you know, being a salesman, um, 
I think a big part of your success maybe is being able to sell yourself, right? So, you know, you, you leave one job and then you get an interview and, and, you know, you, it's, it's the same thing. You sell yourself, you sell your skills and, and, um, you know, that, that's that they, they buy it. Um, and you know, that, that confidence is super valuable to have. Like, you know, you know what you're good at, you know, that, that companies need it, you know, um, what you will put up with in a workplace and what you won't put up with. And, and, uh, you know, I think that's, that's, that's good to have those boundaries. That's, that's something I, I definitely aspire to as well. Yeah. I, I just think that people, people don't understand. It's like, you know, when you go in for these jobs, you know, like you should really be doing your due diligence on them just as much as even not more so that they're going to do on you. Like I do complete weak deep dives on companies before I ever make decisions and I never give anybody a decision on the spot, but I can't even really attribute that to my skill. My skill has allowed me to be a little bit more, um, vocal than other people Uh (laughs) in that, but I, I have to really attribute it to my mother and to my aunt because they were like, they're big HR people. Mm hmm. Um, and so my entire life, you know, that's what they've been training me for interviews, right things to say, wrong things to say. You know, I, I think when me and my mom did the math, I'm at like a 90 percent higher rate if I get the interview. Wow. That's yeah. That's like if I get the interview, I get the job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the problem is, is sometimes it's really hard to get interviews. It is. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's, that's the hardest part, especially post pandemic. That's been the hardest thing just to get people to get on the line, call you back, get to a person, For stop sure. the automation. Well, that, yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. Yeah. I mean, you know, you send out resumes and cover letters and I mean, you know, nine times out of 10, a person doesn't even look at it. It's all the algorithm. That that's sorting mm-hmm. through all these all these resumes, trying to find key words, and if, if if yours doesn't include the right words, then that's it. It's going in the trash can. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I, I mean, so you worked at Raymore for for a long time. You know, tell me a little bit about like that that process of of kind of uh, bouncing from store to store. Was that kind of a like an understanding you had for them? Were you kind of like a floater or or a and like a travel role with them? <clears throat> so it didn't start like that. Okay. So the way that it started was is I started part time in customer service and I worked my they started doing these events um in to like late 2010 they started doing these like uh corporate events where we would bring people in to give them free gifts you know marketing stuff yeah and they needed somebody to sit at the front desk and talk to the people so i said i'm just a part-time guy i want hours cool just give them to me and i went up there and i made an impression on a lot of big bosses and then I won a few customer service awards, customer service person of the month, different awards within the company. And then they started sending me. I was like the designated person that they would send to other stores to greet people. OK, for about two to th- for about two years. And then my regional his name was Jim. He came to me. He was like, hey, um, I know I-, I know you're really good at what you do, but you can make way more money using that same amazing personality you have you can make way more money over here and i didn't listen because i was terrified of commission as my parents made me you know why would you Uh you know you never know what you're gonna make week to week yeah yeah and so i put it off for a year and then a buddy of mine that i gotten really really close in there with he got a promotion to a showroom manager and he told me he was like listen i will walk you through this i will literally hold your hand through this entire thing yeah and i want you to come cuz i think you can't you won't just be good you'll be great and he ended up being my store manager and first my first full year on the floor i well, I delivered like $1.267 million worth of furniture that year. I won my first president's club Rolex and 
trip and all that, and then the rest was history after that. Then it was send me to Columbus Boulevard because they have a heavy black population out there. So for big events, it's like, okay, we'll send a few of the best guys out there. I was always that one of those best guys that got to go wherever the mix in the party was. Gotcha. And then a lot of management changes happened and a lot of people got let go that I was really, really close with. So I didn't have a lot of favor in the building anymore. And I ended up, I ended up leaving. I ended up leaving because I went through a really, really bad breakup and I was homeless. I was literally living on the side of the road. And I called my boss. I'm like, hey, man, I'm sorry. I got to I gotta quit. And he was like, and he gave me the, he read me the riot act. And I'm like, I'm literally sitting in my car. That's not mobile. My like, goodness. I'm homeless. I'm like, I don't know what you want me to do. Mm-hmm. I don't have any better ideas for yeah, you. Yeah. So then my best friend came to pick me up. And I moved to Maryland for like a year. And I was lucky, but... There was a furniture store named Haverty's that was like a mile and a half from his house. And it just, there I go, right, walk right back in the door. They see my resume. It's, <laughs> well, they see my resume. It's when you, when do you want to start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's when do you want to start? So then I stay there for, for about six months to a year. And my mom's calling me every day, telling me to come home, telling me to come home. And then I came home and it sucked. Uh, it, it sucked really, really oh, bad. No. I went into, uh, yeah, I went into the, I went to the psych ward for like two, three months. I was in really bad shape, like mentally. Mm-hmm. And when you're in that bad shape mentally, like I couldn't get off the couch. People like, go get a job. I'm like, go get a job. Like I can't function. Yeah. yeah. You know? So I get out the psych ward and I'm living with my grandmother. And because I want to be spiteful, I one of my buddies uh, that let that Raymore let go is wants to work over at Bob's and he wants me to come over with him. I'm like, all right, you know, whatever. Go over there. It's the same gig, you know, yeah. money's money. <laughs> so and then I stay there for maybe about a year. And then my old store manager from Raymore walks in the door when I'm right there. <laughs> he walks walks right up to me. Remember, he won't take my phone call. Hmm. Right? Like, because I called him because I'm like, I'm back in town. Let's get the part. Let's get the band back together. Yeah, you know, yeah. we the Beatles. All we do is play the hits. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yep, yep, so, yep. and he was like, no, nah, you deserted me. I'm like, cool. So I'm going to go over here to your competitor <laughs> and I'm going to smash you in the face. Oh, man. And, over and over. And he walked <laughs> up to me right in my face. He pulls me to say, he goes, are you ready to come back home now? I'm like, bro, I never thought you would have asked. <laughs> so I go back and then I do like another eight. Oh, my God. Like another 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 six to eight years. I, I just and then I stopped and then I was an entrepreneur for a little bit. I wanted to start my own business. So I started my own catering company with one of my best friends that is still running currently to this day. But and then me and him stopped talking for a while. Then that was post pandemic. I went right back to Raymore and then they let me go because I got sick. Like one thing was right. Was it uh, February 2000? 20 right before that April before the shutdowns uh-huh. and the pandemic wave started happening. They let me go. I was sick. I was out for like two months. I was in the oh hospital. Oh my God. And because I literally just got back there in December, they were like, we can't, Yeah, you know, you, take, uh-huh. you took too much time off Jesus. for us to be able to hold your job. So when the layoffs happened for the first round, that was it. They let me go. They let me go. Then I worked for... Who did I work for after? I've had three jobs since then, but currently right now, it's a different pace in my life because right now I'm I'm disabled and fighting with state uh-huh. right now. You know? Yeah. So it's the it's the it's been the hardest transition in my life being the, you know, go out and go get it 
guy yeah. to, you know, you have to sit down and rest and take care of your body because that's the other problem too. Like it's retail. You're burn- burning the candle at both ends. Oh, absolutely. Very demanding. You know, I still got to be a dad. I still got to be a boyfriend, a boyfriend. I still got, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? I still yeah. have responsibilities and stuff that I For still sure. have to handle. So yeah. And that's the thing. I think the real issue about why, especially neurodivergent people, job jump so much is just because of the lack of accommodation definitely because like when i was at raymore because i was good actually at any of my jobs because i'm good i get accommodations yes i get a lot of accommodations that i don't know if other people know about because you know i negotiate things when i walk in the door okay i have this vacation time every year i want this i want this days off i want you know these are my non-negotiables these are my knots yeah i i think that's a huge part of of your success i mean um you know i i think a lot of people in general but i think especially um neurodivergent people are maybe afraid or 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 you know disencouraged um you know like about bringing it up about about you know disclosing or asking for accommodations um and obviously a lot of jobs are just uh not designed to to make that easy for you um yeah you know you're you're supposed to be uh a machine when you're on the clock, um, which obviously we, we all know is, is not real, not not possible for, for everybody all the time. And, you know, it's, it's kind of funny to hear that, you know, cause in, in your case, when you're making them a lot of money, like they can bend, you know, bend over and, and like maybe give you what you need. Um, Mm -hmm. but, but you know, when you're not, uh as valuable in their eyes it's it's like pulling teeth yeah it's definitely also like loopholes and handbooks too because you know that's that's what my mother and aunt taught me to be it's like make sure you read your employee handbook know it inside and out like know 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 the loopholes know where you can step and where you can't step yeah you know, like all that stuff. And I think that's where I'm just able to analyze stuff a little bit more concise than a lot of people is. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people can because I can really look at all that information very quickly. And again, especially with most jobs that I go to now, like I if you ask my uh, my fiance, like even though I'm disabled, I haven't worked in two years. Right. Mm-hmm. I get 20 job apps a day. A yeah. day wow. <laughs> that come to my phone for for different positions, yeah. but I also think that it's also m- neurodivergent people having the power to be really, really good at their spins because, like, selling is just a spin of mine. Like, I can incorporate the rules into en- to sell anything, sure, and, and do what I do and find out yeah. how to do it. So, and again, I'm just lucky, you know. If I would, I went the traditional route, and it didn't work for me. It wasn't getting a four-year degree, then getting a master's. Then mm-hmm. you know that wasn't that wasn't my track to to get yeah. to the place where I'm going. So yeah. you know, I think it just depends on the route. Definitely, and and uh, you know, I mean that that traditional uh, path is is definitely not not for everybody. And you know, I, I I'm I'm sure a fair bit of luck comes into it. Um, but like like this is kind of refreshing because. Everybody else that I've talked to, um, you know, myself included, I'm, I'm, I'm in this category, is, is like very, you know, kind of, you know, do, doom and gloom about it, about uh, the, the, the current state of being a, a worker, maybe, you know, not, not management class, management class and, and below, you know, in this country. It can be kind of grueling, kind of uh, be tough, you know, even more so when you, um, you know, when you are neurodivergent. And, you know, I, I, I think it's super, super exciting to hear somebody kind of like carve out their own path, you know, like, like that kind of found that the traditional route uh, did not work for them, um, but, but kind of like 
like you said, like, you know, you, you know your niche and you kind of just went for it. And, and, you know, if, if only everybody was able to kind of figure that out for themselves, um, you, you know, I think that would, that would be, uh, you know, much better place if, if people had the, the, the room and the guidance to kind of figure out, Hey, you know, what, what am I good at? What, what kind of, uh, you know, makes me feel excited and, uh, you know, kind of were, were, were able to move towards that as a goal. I think that, that would be a much, much better, um, environment to work in. Um, and you, you know, I think, even though yeah, these the, the last few years have have been rough, you know, I think um, it's it, it's it's a terrific story, and and uh, you know, I hope everything kind of comes together for you. But I, I, I you know, I do feel like uh, you've got a great track record, you know. Mm. Yeah, I, I I definitely know that I'm. I, I tell people all the time, I didn't really get the like the, the HR stuff, my family definitely taught me. The the working hard, they definitely taught me. But I tell people all the time, like I've been in extremely blessed to be around a lot of people or enough people that understand me mm-hmm. and they've put me on game. Like, you know, people coming to me, like my boss really sitting me down and really telling me how stuff works from inside person. Hey, you don't want to do it this way. Do it this way. Oh, oh yeah. When you request your days off, do it like this so that they can't deny you. Oh, so when you, you know what I'm talking about? Like there's a whole lot of sidetrack stuff that not a lot of people know of ways that just makes your life a little bit easier and a little bit cleaner and a little bit easier to execute Definitely. and get the things that you want. And that's important too. Um, even on uh, Twitter, I try to do like uh, sales talks and stuff with people. But the funny thing about it is I don't find many neurodivergent people in sales period. Well, there probably are there, but they're the people that are specifically know it's their spin. Yes. You know, yeah. the people like I met a fruit vendor, one of my friends named Linda. All she could do was talk about fruit 24 <laughs> seven. Like yeah. literally it's all she would talk about. So I got this type of fruit. This yo, yeah, no, I should get in the bag. Like all she would talk about 24 seven was fruits and plants. And you could just tell it's like, oh, no, no, no. I can see why you had that business with your husband for 45 years. Yeah, of course. You know what I'm talking about? Like that amount of knowledge and timing. It's it's getting that, too. So I it's finding good mentors, too. That's that's definitely something that just came to my mind while I was it is, you know, I would. That's another thing I would encourage. I would encourage, you know, definitely neurodivergent people to find mentors. You're right. You know, especially. Hmm. I, you're you're exactly right. I think um, uh, another thing that that I think we need to kind of like instill in in people is like a uh, yeah, like a sense of looking out for for you know people that you're working with and and kind of giving them those those, those keys to kind of be you know not just successful for the company but successful for for yourself as a person. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie either. Like most of the, most of the management teams that I've, that have been over me have been awful. Like, you know, like that doesn't make it like when you're working for a boss that you like, everybody knows it's easier to go to work every day. Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. like when the one boss that you don't like is at the office, you're like, (sighs) miserable absolutely miserable and that's what i'm saying like people also need to be more purposeful about where they're signing up the job yes like i look at the markets i look where am i going to be working who i'm going to be working with what type of people am i going to be working with what type of environment i was you know can i be in you know like i worked at a call center before that wasn't for me not enough personal space same you know, yeah. I don't need people moving over me every second. Loud music. It's way too much stimuli oh, for yeah. me to it's take all that stuff at one time. And I just want to sit in the bathroom and rock with myself. Yeah, it's yeah. awful. Yeah, I mean, th- that's kind of why I think that, you know, a 30-minute or 25-minute job interview is is not enough to to commit to a company that's offering you a position so i mean yeah like 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 you were saying doing your own research is is definitely essential but but even then like 
you're not going to know what your your supervisor is like on a day-to-day basis until you're in the trenches there and i think that's that's a big that's a big reason why i'm i'm like nope i can't do this with this person i gotta leave Um, but that's why i leave that's what i'm saying like that's why i think it it's okay like especially if you're in your your 90 day period too like I use my 90 day or 60 day period, whatever they have on the job. I'm scoping you out just as much as you're scoping me out. Definitely. Yep. I had a company that said they were going to do this for me and they were going to pay me this way. Cool. So then we get done training and then the pay come out and there's no money there. Yeah, of course. And I'm like, I've been, I've been going to trainings two hours away for a month and a half. They paid you nothing? Nothing. Oh, my. Because you got to wait till after the training to get paid. That is infuriating. It is. The only reason why I did it is because it's like 20 minutes away from my son. Mm, okay. So it ended up working out just logistically. But so I go to get the money and I call him. I'm like, hey, where's uh, my money? You know? This my base. My base is eight hundred. Like you, after taxes, you're supposed to give me eight hundred. Yeah. No matter what, that's what we negotiated. And they were like, "Oh, that? Oh yeah, you had to call and ask for that." I said, "Oh no, 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 no." You know, like you can, and 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 I left that company before the ninety days. Yeah, good. I mean, they probably pulled that over everybody and and a lot of people are are too timid to to push back on it which is a, a fucking oh, shame. oh no no listen to this part they fired the guy that i got into a problem with and called me to hire me back oh my goodness <laughs> how did that play out i i mean at, at that point it was the it was the worst part because at that point like i was i was super sick uh-huh like i wasn't well enough to do anything at that point. So as much as I love the offer, you know, it was like, and at that point I was applying for disability and I'm like, if I go back over with y'all and mess up my disability claim because of that, I was like, no, I'm, I'm good. You know, that's, I had to, I had to leave that balloon in the pot for my house, but it was so funny because right, right as my doctor put me out, he was like, oh, yeah, you know, hey, Ryan, uh, it's blah, blah, blah from blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, hey, what's going on? He's like, yeah, you know, we got rid of that, uh, that CEO guy. Yeah, we got him out of here. You want to come back? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, and to be honest, that happens a lot, too. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. And that's why I tell people it's a it's definitely a real privileged point of view that I have because I found my my thing. And I know not everybody finds its thing. But when I didn't have mine, again, I was king job jumper. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, if you take out the 10 years I was with Raymore, I've basically had, you know, 14 jobs in five years. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so no. it, it's a lot. It's it, definitely a lot to tackle and deal with, balancing your own mental health, the people around you, how much of the job you can take. And the other worst part about it is, you know, we all got that mode where, you know, we can just snap back into the work mode and try to block as much of it out as we can and then breathe when we get home. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you got to go into that, uh, you know, uh, like fight mode, I guess. You're kind of just. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I've, I, I for sure been there many times. I mean, I think, yeah, that, 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 that makes your, your, you know, job jumping story unique. And I think, uh. I, you know, you're right that a lot of people don't get the chance to find their specialty, find what what you know makes them valuable. Because I, you know, I think everyone everyone has that. You know, yeah. everyone has has skills that are special. Listen, as a as a thirty year old. Six foot, 285 pound black man. Trust me, I did not think I was going to be the guy wearing a suit and tie to work every day, <laughs> picking out furniture and pillow combinations. Okay. <laughs> like, like, I literally love the thing that I do. Like, I don't know any other 30 year old men that are, that are obsessed with furniture that, that read magazines at night to go to sleep about furniture, you know, <laughs> yeah, like it's, yeah. I, I found something really specific that I really like to do. And 
again, I kind of hope that for most people, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, 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 I think that's great. I mean, so when you're at a, a specific job and you just freaking hate it, you know, you're you're with the wrong management, whatever the case may be. Um, what what are your coping mechanisms? for dealing with a, just a totally miserable work environment. You know, I, I know you, you, you know, you mentioned getting into that kind of fight mode, but, but, um, you know, it, in practice, what does that look like for you? How, how are you coping with it? How are you blowing off steam? Uh, to be honest with you, I'm the way I blow off steam is I, was me personally always trying to extend my breaks a little bit, you know, make sure I leave yeah. the building when I take breaks don't sit in there and eat lunch around the same walls. That was a big thing for me. Like go out. Sometimes I go out, take a drive with my friends like that. I work with in there. Nice. Um, definitely get out the building. Um, to be honest. And the, the good thing about it is what's for me personally is, is that uh, if, if I'm not with people, a lot of my job is downtime. Mm-hmm. So because my job had so much downtime, the only thing that I really got into was reading furniture books. Like I would literally sit, there'd be 200 furniture books up there, all from the different manufacturers we would cover. And I would read them literally just sit there and read them. And people like, what are you reading those for? No one ever uses them. Okay. When the customer comes in and they're looking for something that you can't find, because if you can't find it, you can't sell it. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> so my goal was, it's like, if I memorize every piece of furniture that we carry and I know how fast I can get it and other things that I can make myself more effective, you know? So, um, I, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that, that's, that, that makes a lot of sense. A lot of people just don't want to touch it, but, but I mean, in doing that, you know, you, you, you definitely made yourself a lot more valuable and a lot more knowledgeable. Uh, well, and I don't think it's one people that want to touch it. I really just think it's more out of it was. To be honest, it was more out of arrogance because of people, you know, thinking. You know, again, I was very new. Most of the people that sell furniture, they do it their whole entire lives. Yeah, this whole families and companies built around selling furniture, and I didn't know this until I got it, and then did a huge history lesson myself. So. It was hard for me coming in, but the only thing I just wanted to know is, like, if I'm going to sell, then I don't want to tell anyone no. And the only way I can tell anyone no is making absolutely sure that we don't have what they're looking for in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, again, that's another part of, uh, of me being lucky. You know, and I got to train a lot of people to do it, too, and use my... ADHD brain to help get people to relate to things. You know, my thing was I would relate when I would sell mattresses or even furniture. I would, re- I would relate them to something that related to them. Oh, you know, cars, I can relate things to cars. I know enough about cars to relate them. Sometimes I related them to fried chicken joints. Nice. You know, people yeah. are like, what's the difference between that mattress and that mattress? I'm like, eh, it's like fried chicken in, in KFC. You know, <laughs> the secret spices on the inside are different, but you know, the taste, this is what we get with this, this is what we get with this, yeah, besides yeah, yeah. the ingredients that go to the side of it. And it's very easy and tangible, you know, to make things plain for people. Yeah, you you, you just have to know what comparison will will draw them in. And that's all just my, the knowledge, just walking, you know, oh, yeah, I see what you got. Oh, okay, yeah, where do you live? I, again, I can relate it to anything. You know what I'm talking about? Anything yeah. that my brain can come up to. So I got to... Gain a lot of communication. So I I understand a lot more about communication and neurotypical communication uh, than a lot of, you know, autistic people do sure. and ADHD people do. You know, like yeah. I understand it's like I got into fights with, with autistic people on Twitter because, you know, what did somebody say? Someone said that you couldn't um, do business ethically with a salesperson if you were autistic. Hmm. Yeah, that and I took, I took super offense. That sounds like a very Twitter thing to <laughs> to happen. It, 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 it's just I just and no because I understand it right. It's like it's yeah. not like as artistic. I can see the playing field. Like uh-huh. I've been a customer before. Everybody has a shitty salesperson story. That's the one person. The one bad story everybody has in America is a shitty salesperson story. Definitely. 
Not everybody hates the police. Not everybody hates the fire department. Everybody has a salesman they hate. It's true. <laughs> Every single person. So it's hard because I understand the stigma and I see what my peers do to get money from people. Yeah. But there's also a good way to do things. And I've met a lot of ethical salespeople that do do things the right way. You know, it's just the same thing as the jobs. It's like same thing. I tell autistic people. It's like if, if the, it's just the same place, like if your job doesn't treat you good, leave. If a salesperson somewhere is not treating you correctly, the, the sales system in that store is set up for you to have a good experience. Either you go to the manager or go home and call corporate. Yeah. Like, if you really, like, if you really, because I've done that before, when I've had horrible experiences, I've made it known I've had horrible experiences. And when I've had great experiences, I've also spent crap tons of money. For, or more money than I was supposed to because of great experiences. Yeah. You know, I just, Yes, yes. That, that will keep people coming back to you. And, and if you're an asshole, then they just won't come back. It, it, it's it. But the problem is, is because of neurotypical communication and because of the baseline in sales, as we tell you that, you know, most people are coming in line and most people are lying. You know, they're telling you to white lie. They're not telling you the 100 percent truth. So because of that, because most people are allistic or neurotypical, whatever you want to say. And because that's how they're taking communication. That's what we have to prepare for. Yeah. Yeah. But, but trust me, when a customer walks in and just say, hey, my name is Linda. I would like to see a black bedroom set. Can you get me one? Yes, Linda. You know what I'm talking about? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't care when the people come out and tell me what they want or, hey, listen, I want to be left alone. I'll call you. Cool. We do what we got to do. But each one of the scenarios is different. And I know, trust me, most people are grumpy. You know, Definitely. I, you know, you ask someone how you do. The funny thing about it is that Bob's. Uh, they had the thing where it said where you're supposed to have a greeting. You're supposed to say their specific greeting, like "Welcome to Bob's." Okay, it's like a whole thing. It's like "Welcome to Bob's." Can I interest you, or do you oh want? Can God. I? How can I help you today? Or where? Yep, can yep. I interest you? Blah blah blah. So whatever you, whatever form of the script you say, people will literally no thanks. I'm good. <laughs> or just walking around it's like you're not even answering. Like I asked you an open ended question. Yeah. No thanks is not a response. They're just already confrontational. Already adversarial. We're already in an adversarial spot. Yeah. Because we just can't communicate on the same level. Well, yeah. You know, sorry to interrupt you, but but I I, I think that that brings a point. Because, like, the person that's tweeting that, like, I I know what they mean, obviously. And, you know, I think it, it... it it does track but like that's just the 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 system that we live in is you know it's it is coercive you know like not just salespeople, but you know advertisements and yeah how they stock the shelves it's all coercive that's 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 the world we live in And, and i mean you're you're a person that that is talking to them you're not you know you're also not a robot that that is designed to manipulate them so so you know of course it's you know possible for for you to uh you know be at the same time trying to to provide for yourself but also doing what you do with with integrity yeah, and I think, but that's the awesome thing. It's like I tell people, bad business is just bad business. It doesn't matter who does it and or where it's done. Yeah, it's just bad business. It's like, and that's what I'm saying. It's like, of course, the communication isn't tapered for autistic people because the majority of the people we talk to are not. Mm-hmm. So, of course, that our language and our techniques. Now, again. I don't like using techniques on people. I was usually pretty upfront to a fault. You know, I would tell you, hey, listen, we got this sale coming up in three weeks. We got this sale in the day. This is the sale on Wednesday. This is the price I can give you. You can make the best decision up for you. Yeah, I I want to be I, I, I'm not trying to influence your decision. Because the, that's what I said I saw, that the more I try to influence it, the more that can come back on me as influencing it. Yeah, very much. Oh, so. the salesperson made me buy that. Yeah. How many times you heard that? Everybody's heard that story. Oh, I didn't even want to buy nothing. He got me to go in there and buy something. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. That's very funny. I, you know, I, it's, 
It is, but that's another thing. Like I, I've really been thinking about, you know, trying to help, you know, autistic and neurodivergent people navigate sales and HR rooms a little bit more, just because like I said, there's a lot of nuance to it. You know, when you really get down to how to talk and how the systems are built, like, you know, as an autistic person who loves patterns, once I see the pattern, now I know how to manipulate it too. Mm, yep. That makes sense. You know, and that's what I'm saying. So a lot of times we don't want to see the patterns, you know, yeah, I can sit yeah. back, I can look at it. I know the communication isn't tapered for me. So that means I have to look for an outlier, mm -hmm. which, and for most people, for me, it was in there. Like it would be a black person, a black person will come up to me and go, or, 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 Hey, 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 can we work with you? I want to, you know, because mm -hmm. they're thinking they have more trust of me than trying to get fleeced by someone else. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? So we all totally. do it. We tend to gravitate to people that look like us. We tend to gravitate to people that think like us. Mm -hmm. But that's the other problem with neurodivergent people. Like, it's a lot harder to find that out. Yeah, it's, it it doesn't usually present itself on, on uh, you know... F well, not uh, as easily as ethnicity yes. does. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Or, or race, you know, not as easily as being able to see somebody that looks like you and automatically have some type of familiarity with them. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a really important point that, that I, I, I don't think is brought up um, at all, really. You know, I, I think there does need to be some kind of guidance there for for people who, you know, do do need assistance kind of navigating the minefield that 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 is kind of um, the the buyer and seller relationship um because mm -hmm. it's, it's 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 not so straightforward for everybody nope it's not it's not but you also have to go in when you're in a position of power you know so it's like you know that my 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 in, even in my job jumping i'd say half the time i don't jump until i already have another job yeah if it gets like super bad uh, or something, you know, something really, really bad for like a couple of the times. I just be like, you know what? I'm not even going to wait. I'm going to go. But, you know, most of my philosophy is, all right, well, while I'm here, I'll look for another one. Transition right over makes it a lot easier. Yeah, no, I know that that's that's usually my strategy, too. Um, a couple of times, you know, obviously it's 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 just been way, way too bad to wait. And I'm like, I got to leave today. Mm -hmm. I got to leave right now. Um and I mean, for me, like the 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 whole gig economy thing with DoorDash and and Instacart, it's that's kind of like, all right, I I can make a few bucks doing that for for a couple weeks if need be, um, but that's that's even getting harder these days. Uh, so, ah oh man, that, that that's that that was a you know total knowledge bomb dropped on me i feel like you know i i, I had never even thought of that uh perspective before um yeah so you know you can you know you can disclose as as little or as much as you want but um I, you know obviously post-covid um disability mm -hmm. in the workplace is kind of a uh you know more of a pressing topic and you know i wanted to to kind of get your thoughts on um that that kind of relationship you know you you did mention that you know you, you didn't want to take a job because it might it might hinder your, your your application for disability and i think this is a big thing that a lot of people are are struggling with right now um and and, and it definitely seems like a system that is just stacked against you um so <laughs> So what's yeah, your, your thoughts on that a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. I've known that the disability system has been a little messed up just because of the dealings I've had next to my grandfather, who was a disabled vet, mm. um, and my dad, who at like fifty, he was disabled at like fifty. Okay, but had health problems like his entire life and for me again i i've been lucky enough to wear you know just the 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 amount of credit hours that you need to work to be able to qualify for disability even with all the job jumping 
I had those because I still worked. Even though it's a lot of jobs, you still can't deny the hours. Yep. So that was a plus for me. But like right now, I'm on, like I had to get a lawyer because the state of New Jersey denied me twice. So, and again, I got to pay the lawyer part of the money that I get, you know, but the lawyer is the only way to convince the state that I deserve the money so that it's worth me getting the time. So I'm not going to lie. It's definitely not fun, you know, having to do all the, the paperwork scrambling and calling the same line two, three times a week just to never get someone on the phone. I mean, I, I wish the system was more predicated on helping people instead of trying to make sure you're not faking. Yep. Absolutely. It's, it's a way, you know, it, it, it operates on the assumption that, that the majority of people are trying to pull one over on the system when in reality it's, it's, it's a, yeah, a couple of, of uh, sneaky folks maybe are, are trying to, uh, to game the system, but there's a whole, you know, population of, of, of people that, that do need help and assistance that are, are, you know, their, their needs are going unmet because, you know, we're, we're, we're not giving anybody the the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And that's the other thing too, you know, it's, it's, it's the culture too, you know, it's the, when when you're in especially retail sales culture, the culture is, you know, 45 to 50 hours a week, sometimes 60 for holiday weeks. So, you know, three 12 hour shifts a week, you know, working eight o'clock, you work, working yeah. nine o'clock to nine a.m. to nine p.m. Yep. You know, we got to got to be at the store 30 minutes earlier to Open. to get there for the meeting. Like it's a yeah. lot on your body. Definitely. And I taxing mentally I and physically. It is. It, it's so much. It, the thing about it is, is though, it's that's the problem. That's that fight mode that you get into because yeah. you know, especially because the older I got, you know, the more bills I had, and then with my mental health, like it was just, it was just a real rocky road and work sometimes is definitely not the most understanding place. And, and again, another bad, not a bad part, but just something that I wish I would have taken heat on that I'll let everyone else to like my doctor, my, my, my family doctor died, um, last year due to COVID and he was trying to get me to go out of work for years. Okay. He was like, I can see your stress. I can see you're burning the candle at both ends. And I'm like, and that's the other part. It's like, I can't wait for the disability money. Uh-huh. You know? I, know. I got child support. Yeah. I got rent. I got bills. Like, stuff got to get paid. I don't have yeah. time to sit around all day. And maybe the state gives me my money on time, or maybe they don't. I know. Yeah. You know, you and then, the luxury of, of that time. No. And then the, the worst part about it is I'm still in sales. So anytime I take off, it stops the pipeline. Mm-hmm. So I, so now it's because sales isn't just about making money for the day. It's about making money for the year. Sometimes you'll sell somebody something and they won't get that stuff for two, three years. Wow. So it's always about having to have a pipeline of money and, and income and stuff coming in. So when I take three to six months off, and I can't see any of my customers for that time. It hurts me way more than a job to where, you know, you just go to work, go yeah. in and do your job. And it's not predicated on any part of commission. That's not just, or, yeah, that, that's not, that's not just three months. That's that, that has a uh, like ripple effects for, for years even maybe. Oh no. What we call, we called it the double effect. So as many, as many in sales, when, when you took off, as many days as you took off, it would take you twice the amount of time to get it back. Oh, my God. Because you have to build relationships from square one. If you haven't been around for three months, the customers that wanted to see you for them three months, most of them aren't going to stop. They've, yeah. Most of them are just going to find other people. Yep, they've went elsewhere. Or go somewhere else. Yep. So it's like you got to rebuild everything. You know, I it wasn't until like year five or six where I could take a vacation, you know, without having to sweat the entire time. Mm-hmm. 
you know, where it was like I had enough money sitting there. I done my I learned, got a little wiser, done my money right and had enough money in transit and going that I was like, all right. Like I took I took a, a, a month off when my son was born. You know, I told my I told my fiance at the time, I was like, you know what? I'm going to help you with the transition. I'm going to yeah. stay home for at least a month just to help you get acclimated. <laughs> and it was a rough month. I'm sure. I'm sure it was. It was September. September's great money. Okay. September's one of the biggest money-making months you got in the entire year. And and you sacrificed it. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and you sacrificed it to, to do the other things you got to do. But that's the other problem with the accommodations. It's in the workplace, even when you get them, most times it's not fruitful to take them. No, no, you're you're going to be uh, underpaid and you know under pressure to come back and make as much as you were. Yeah, I, you know it's 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 like the whole system is kind of rigged to actually get you into that position, right? That 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 you can't take time off or. <laughs> Or, uh, you know, fulfill your other responsibilities. Because if you do, if you take your eyes off the ball for, for one second, then it could all come crashing down. Yep. Yep. Literally having the plan. Like I said, we had to plan our whole years out at the beginning of the year. The whole year. Yeah. You'd have to have planned out. Because people would put their vacation in the beginning of the year. And some people there for 10, 10 years, they got crazy amounts of vacation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're blackout dates already. You already can't take off on any holidays or around any holidays. Yeah. So you take thirty, you take thirty to forty percent of the calendar away already, and then you got to imagine you got you got at least twenty salespeople that got at least four weeks. Wow. Right. So when you talk about spacing that out around it and around you know graduation. When half the half the parents in there have kids, yeah. Oh my goodness, you're you're, <laughs> you're you're yeah. You're absolutely right. That that seems like a you know pretty contentious. That that does not seem seem like a lot of people will be left happy. No, it's 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 not, and and that's what I'm saying. So it's really really important for people to really understand the systems of work and the places in which they're going, especially if they have inside knowledge of companies that you already have friends or family working in that you understand a little bit of how the system works. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I, I mean that that's a, that that's a really wise thing to uh, say. A lot of people don't, don't, um, you know, have the resources to do that. And they kind of, they kind of go in blindly and, and are taken advantage of a lot of the time. Um, yeah. So as we wrap up here, um, the, the one thing I want to know, um, after all of this, what would your life look like if you did not need to work anymore and all of your needs were met what what would your life look like if if that was out of the equation if you were happy healthy well fed um how would that change your life to be honest with you it would it would allow me to enjoy the time i have now because that's kind of without the without the actual security that's where i'm at i'm at the point in my life where i actually don't know if i'll ever work again Mm -hmm. like i'd love to i'd love to i tell my fiance all the time it's like i'm the if please if i could wake up tomorrow and be completely healed i'd run back to make money Mm -hmm. it's hard to live in this economy with one income definitely you know so the 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 money if i was taken care of well fed it would allow me to take more of the responsibility off my girl and allow me to enjoy the time with my, my kids, you know, teaching them, taking them outside. Like I'm a really involved dad. So like, I like to spend a lot of personal time with my kids, watching movies, playing games, going outside, doing stuff. So to try to really be hands on and really be there for them in the ways that I can. And having all those needs met would just be the best icing on the cake to be honest with you it would it would be the it would be the 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 very harmonious 
sound to me because it would just it would just make me the happiest definitely no i i i totally agree i think that's that's a really you know a nice goal to have i mean um i i hope we get to a point where where more people can kind of feel feel that peace um and i i you know sincerely wish wish you luck in in your journey here with everything going on um i you know i think obviously the system can be cruel and 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 it's rigged but um you know i hope hope it all works out for you Um, oh yeah we put our foot forward and just do the best we can absolutely yeah you're that's all you can do um before we we uh end it is there anything you wanted to say anything i didn't touch on no no not at all um but uh for the people that are listening you can follow me on twitter at a uh, rage unmasked um at i just want to be the one on twitter um a lot of my sales threads that i have on there um a lot of people seem to find them very, very helpful. So for any more specific sales content, especially for furnitures, furniture and mattresses, you can go find me on Twitter. Awesome. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think if people are interested, definitely uh, check out his Twitter account. I think there's, there's uh, surely a lot of valuable information there. And I will um, I'll link your Twitter um, in the show notes on the podcast. Um, but once again, Ryan, you know, thank you so much for coming on the show. It, it, it was a pleasure talking to you. Um, it definitely made me think about a lot of things. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, let, let's talk again sometime. No problem. Definitely have to talk again. I appreciate all your time. You have a good night. Hey, you too. Bye. All right. All right. Thank you again to uh, Ryan for taking the time out to chat with me. I had a really great time. Learned a lot. Um, just want to thank all of you for listening. All of you rock. I really appreciate all of the feedback I've been getting. All of the uh, all the love. I really do appreciate it. If you want to share that love, please go ahead and you know rate us, review us on Apple Podcasts. That would mean the world to me. Uh, if you don't want to, that's okay as well. That's okay as well, but I, you know, I might as well just ask, right? It doesn't hurt to ask, right? Also, if you want to follow us on social media, on both Twitter and Instagram, we are at JobJumpersPod. Uh, please reach out, DM us, uh, or email us at JobJumpersPod at gmail.com. If you want to be on the program, if you are a fellow job jumper, I would love to talk with you about your story. Um, So please reach out. Give me an email. Again, that's jobjumperspod at gmail.com. If you want me to just read your story on the program, I'm okay to do that too. So just you can send me an email with your full story. We can keep it anonymous, however you want to do it. Uh, just reach out, hit me up. And most importantly, folks, keep on jumping out there.